0: You're listening to This Podcast is for Women, episode number 58, with my guest, Patrice Washington. I am really excited to introduce you all to Patrice. She is a money mentor, a money coach, and wow, she has an amazing story. She shares that in this podcast episode. I really wanted to use my podcast to share everything that I find important in life. I have two types of women that I attract in my business. And that is the powerful dynamite woman who is like a go-getter. She's very wealthy. She has made her own money. And she has a difficult time creating and maintaining a relationship with a man. And then I have a clientele That they will write to me and let me know that they are financially not doing so great. That they're not in the place they want to be as far as their career and what they're doing in life. But sometimes I learn they've loaned men like $10,000 or they've spent $5,000 on a previous relationship course that didn't work for them. And now they don't want to invest in me. They want something for free. And don't get me wrong, I have a lot of things for free But we talk about how investing in yourself is part of building and growing wealth. That wealth is something within, in addition to just being money that you have in your bank account. I know that sounds a little woo and on the surface and fluffy, but I promise Patrice delivers. She has something called her six pillars of wealth, which is about being fit, having people in your life, faith, work, money, space, and setting up a life that supports you. She's really got some remarkable topics. She's narrowed this all down into concise, little bite-sized pieces of information that we can all begin using immediately so you can invest in yourself and really have the life you want financially, wealth-wise, abundance, and also the relationship. So even if you think you know everything there is to know about money, I always think there's something more to learn So, I really recommend you learn more about Patrice and please enjoy this interview where she and I just have a great time talking and sharing. I will tell you, towards the middle or end portion of this uh, podcast, I talk a little bit about when you're disabled, when you can't, uh, you don't have the time or the energy to create money because you are this device for making money even if you have something up and running that runs automatically you still have to maintain it so we talk a lot about health uh, disability not taking no for an answer please do check out the links i have below in this podcast to learn more about patrice i think she's going to be a breath of fresh air and i'm really happy to again introduce her to all of you so without more delay Oh, wait, just a little bit more delay. Please take a moment, listen to my ads, and then the show will begin. Hi there, and welcome to this podcast this is for women. I have a very special guest, Patrice Washington. She is a best-selling author. She's a speaker. She really helps women get in alignment with making money, doing good in the world. She has her pillars that go along with this process. I am so delighted to have Patrice on my podcast today. So welcome, Patrice.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yes. Um, do you want to tell my audience? I'm so excited, first off, I have to say, to share you with my audience. Money, being okay with money, being a powerful dynamite woman, these are such important things. So I'm so happy to have you uh, You know, share this mindset with us and what you teach, your philosophies, But for those who don't know you, can you just tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got into this business?
1: Yeah, well, where do I begin? It started in 1981. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So I've been really fascinated with personal finance since I was about 18, 19 years old, mostly because like many of us, I didn't learn anything about finances from uh, my family. But by 21, I found myself in $18,000 of credit card debt. Even though I was a smart kid, even though I was graduating from the University of Southern California with honors in business, I still didn't know the basic fundamental things. And so when I sought out to really learn, I immediately leaned into what my first grade teacher, Ms. Boynton, taught me many, many moons ago, which was when you know something, you have a responsibility to share it with your friends. And so even my late college years, my you know early mid-20s, I was the person who was like going to the seminars and the workshops and reading all the books and doing all the things. And I would try to share with my immediate friends. They were not interested. <laughs> um, but I did try. I did my best. And I really parlayed that into um, teaching clients because I became a real estate broker at 22 years old. And so it was a real estate and mortgage broker. Mm-hmm. I was sharing all of this stuff with my clients, people who were maybe not ready to really buy a home yet. I wanted to be their guide. I wanted to be the person who held their hand so that when they were ready, obviously they come back to me. And it <laughs> worked. It worked because by 25 I had uh built a seven-figure real estate and mortgage brokerage, um was doing very well. And then Adrian unfortunately when the recession hit or started in around 2007, I was actually in the hospital on bed rest because I took a fall down the stairs at 20 weeks pregnant and it sent me into preterm labor and in in the hospital literally getting to the emergency room and them saying ma'am I'm sorry this baby's coming any minute now and I did the only thing I knew to do at the time I started praying I asked other people to pray and what was supposed to be any minute now turned into me being in the hospital for 10 weeks on hospital bed rest And then my daughter was born 10 weeks early at just 30 weeks and some days. And she spent three and a half weeks in the NICU. Mm -hmm. And when I was actually um, on bed rest, maybe four or five weeks in, this is when I'm watching the banks that I work with close down left and right um, on the news every day. And I have 16 loan officers and real estate agents by this time. And they are freaking out. They're calling me every day because their deals are falling apart. You know, sellers are threatening to sue us. Buyers are losing their deposits. So they're threatening things. And here I am in the hospital on bed rest. I cannot help myself. So I definitely can't help them.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I'll never forget the day that my doctor came in and she said, Patrice, I don't know what you're stressing about, but we're monitoring the baby. And if you don't stop stressing, you're going to leave here two years in a row with no baby. Because the year before I gave birth to a son who passed prematurely. Same hospital, same doctor. same wow.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. And I asked them, Adrian, I said, take the TV off the wall. I like, just take it down. I don't even want to be tempted to watch the doom and gloom. I can't keep watching the news and obsessing about things I cannot control. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I can control is, why well, I respond and making sure this girl gets here healthy and strong. And so they came paid, little two maintenance guys came, they took the TV off the wall. They were very <laughs> concerned. They were like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm sure, please just take it. And I used the iPod filled with like worship music, um, a Bible and a journal. And that is how I got through those next five weeks. God, and, amazing. you know, my daughter was born healthy, but I left the hospital with almost $400,000 in medical debt, no deals closing and very humbling time because for someone who was really, really uh, passionate about personal finance, even at that time, mm-hmm. being in that season taught me compassion I was always passionate I always wanted to share with people but I still never really had a frame of reference for how hard life can be yeah yeah and 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 for
0: anyone who's thinking well you still had it good you had been making all this money you know I think it's it needs to be said that once you do start making money and then you're not and you start going the other way it's a Mm -hmm. completely different type of fear and feeling uh in addition to watching all the people that you were employing yeah losing employees looking losing relationships and and it's a different type of stress
1: it's i mean it's it's next level literally it took me years to recover mentally from that so Mm -hmm. you know i mean we exhausted all of our savings trying to keep everything afloat i mean Mm -hmm. i had overhead and employees you know, when I wasn't getting anything, I was still paying out employees, hoping for the best and the best really never came in that scenario. So eventually we closed the office down. We had to lay people off. Um, You know, my primary residence eventually went into foreclosure. I ended up having the cars repossessed, like, and this is all with a brand new baby. So it's already challenging to come out of a child dying um, less than a year later, having another child while all of these things are happening and then the death of my you know figurative child which Mm -hmm. was my business because that's all I had done since college or since literally my senior year in college I started that business and then four or five years later all of like all of it is kind of coming to a close um and it led me to I mean what i call a come to jesus moment if anyone's ever (laughs) listening and if anyone's listening if you've ever had like a good ugly cry like a real ugly cry where you don't recognize yourself i have my ugly cry never forget march 9 2009 by now um our home is foreclosed we've sold everything we can on craigslist and we have fled southern california and now are in metairie louisiana and Mm -hmm. we end up in this 600 square foot apartment box of an apartment um, and we were getting eviction notices cause you know, we were just trying to figure things out. I had applied for welfare. I mean, none of this is what I saw when I was graduating from USC with honors, never saw this being my life. And I don't know if you've ever been sick and tired of being sick and tired, yeah. but I was sick and tired <laughs> of being sick and tired. And, uh, that morning I chased the power man down with my baby on my hip. Because wow. they took, they turned the electricity off and begged him to turn it back on or her, her milk was spoiled. And he took pity on me and he did. He said, but they'll be back. And I'm like, I know, but if I could get another day or two, that's that's what I need right now. And my former husband at the time, he took uh, my daughter, Reagan, on a walk. And I remember just getting in the mirror and just saying, God, why me? Like, I've been a good person. I operate in integrity. I treat people well. Like, why is all of this happening to me? Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling like, The nudge, the pull to grab my Bible. And I landed on this scripture. And this just brings it full circle to why I am who I am today and why I I do what I do. The scripture was Proverbs 17, 16. And I always tell people, even if you're not religious, use it as a great quote. Mm -hmm. But Proverbs 17, 16 said, what good is money in the hands of a fool if they have no desire to seek wisdom? what good is money in the hands of a fool if they have no desire to seek wisdom? And it was one of the first times it dawned on me that there was a difference between wisdom and knowledge. So yes, very smart. I'll go to all the seminars and it's just like we are today in the age of Google. You can Google anything and feel like you know something, right? Or
0: AI can write you a a essay about it, right? Right, and it's
1: like, But that's information and education, but wisdom is knowing when to apply it, how to apply it, with whom to apply it. And a lot of times we get it confused. We think because we know something, we're self-aware that it's the same as having wisdom, which is really more about your soul awareness, your ability to actually move and get the guts to do what you already know, get the guts to actually apply that in a a successful way, right? And that was like such a big awakening for me. And then going back to what Ms. Boynton said, when you know something You share it with your friends. And that was the catalyst of me starting a blog and next thing you know, writing for magazines and then doing radio and television, five books later, podcast and international speaking and all the things that come from that.
0: You made a big comeback.
1: A big comeback. The universe
0: loves a big comeback. Yeah. You know, I believe that. I have a question for you about this and this incredible journey. How did you avoid poverty mindset?
1: that's such a great question there's there's so many things um and it's really where the six pillars of wealth ended up coming from Mm -hmm. is like taking a look because you know as as the career grew, so I decided to start that blog it was in 2009 by 2011 12 things really started to pick up and then by 2014 I was on the Steve Harvey morning show like a nationally syndicated radio show every week right and I was doing really well for years, like showing up on all the big shows and stages and platforms and all of that stuff. And then in 2016, late 2016, early 2017, um, I had that still small voice that said, um, you're you're giving people what they want, which is let's talk about budgets and credit reports and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. But really... This for you, you know, is not the truth about wealth, because you've been doing all this other stuff behind the scenes. Like you need to talk about what you're actually doing and yeah. what has created these results, because it's not the right. skill set stuff. It's the mindset that That's you have built. Right. Yeah. And so um, how one of the one of my favorite things that I could just throw out there is mantras. Um, you know, I know we use affirmations, declarations a lot, but one of my mantras was been there, done that on the way back. It was <laughs> like a reminder it was like a reminder that this was temporary. It wasn't a permanent state.
0: You can use that with men too.
1: Can we use that with men?
0: Yeah. Been there, done that. I'm on my way back. Whenever you (laughs) want to go back in time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, for me, it was like, I would still allow myself to dream. I think sometimes when we're in a dark season when we're in a in a difficult place, we feel like this is all it's gonna be. And there was just something that kept coming over me that was like, this won't always be like your latter will be greater than your former. Don't think that that was the best you'll ever do. Um mm-hmm. and I just, you know, if I saw cars like the cars that we had repossessed, I would say, been there, done that on the way back, you know, right. I would drive through nice neighborhoods like the neighborhood that our home foreclosed in. I would detour to drive through nice neighborhoods and take my time and drive really slowly. And I say, been there, done that. You're on the way. That
0: energy, get that energy coming back. Yeah. That good vibe Mm -hmm. energy. Because poverty mindset, you know, it's it can happen. That's why you see uh, I don't know, I don't know the exact term you maybe know, like rich but poor mindset.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, a scarcity mindset.
0: Yeah, and so it happens all the time. It does. And people can be like incredibly wealthy, totally mm-hmm. afraid to um, spend their money mm-hmm. or, or, or still have that poverty mindset and be stuck at a place with money. Um, mm-hmm. Now, something I want to ask you about medical bills, mm-hmm. because you can have a person who has half a million dollars in the bank. They've done really well. And the wrong medical thing come along and it will wipe them out even yeah. if you have insurance, you know, and our country is doing some things to hopefully help people because it levels people, medical bills, yeah. level, all your hard work, all your money, all your taxes you paid, they go away
1: mm-hmm. because
0: these doctors and, you know, they need to get paid too. So looking back on that now with these medical bills and things mm-hmm. like this, um, how, how can anyone deal with that? I know that's a big question. Yeah. I
1: have a I have an answer for that though, it's something that I wish I would have honestly been more aware of. Um I think we hear a lot about like life insurance and we hear about health insurance and health insurance will make sure that the hospital bills are paid or that the doctor, you know, is paid, but there's not really any talk about who pays you, right? Like in the event of um an illness or um a disability of some kind, very few people actually have anything that covers the gap. It's like either I get injured or I die. But like, what if I get injured and I live (laughs) and then I need to, but I'm not not really equipped to work. Um, Disability income insurance is huge and a huge like uh, way to fill in that gap. And it's super affordable for most people. And I would just say, thinking about talking to a financial planner, talking to your financial advisor and just thinking about the biggest picture, because health insurance is honestly bare minimum. And yeah. it's sad that it's yeah. so hard for many people in this country to, to get, especially with the cost of health care in this country. Mm-hmm. But health insurance and life insurance are actually bare minimum, especially nowadays, because we live in a gig economy. And look yeah. at how um, careers and jobs have transformed just in the last 10, 20 years where people can create so much of their own um, like they can they can have their own business, many women mm-hmm. in particular. Like mm-hmm. we're starting businesses, you know, rapidly. And so it's great when you have like, okay, that income coming in, but I don't know about you, but for many of us, we are the business. We are the brand. Right. If if you don't speak, if we don't coach, if we don't record, if we don't write, it's like, what else is happening besides the, you know, besides the kind of evergreen products or programs we may have out there a lot stops if we stop and so
0: so your health and your wellness it's riding on this now I mean I'm so glad we're talking about this because this is definitely a message a lot of women uh, anyone listening to this needs to hear and that's knowing your rights around the word disability Mm -hmm. Uh, because I'm a person who uh, my story is very different from yours But I also landed in the hospital for months, uh, had a really rare liver disease. Thank God at that point I had met my first husband and he was able to come in and help me. But, you know, we had to learn about SSA. You know, we had to learn about disability. And I'll never forget several times I had disability insurance from my employer. But when it's time to go to your employer and ask about this, they will act like the dumbest person you've ever spoke to in your life. Of course. And when you go to your doctor and talk to his receptionist, who maybe just has a high school diploma, I'm not hating on receptionist, and you say, I need this for my disability insurance, they'll say something like, well, that takes years to get. And they're talking about social security disability. Mm. And I just think it's really important for people to understand there's disability insurance. There's social security disability, which you can still, you could have possibly even gotten that Patrice at that point in time.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then there is, you know, what I think it's SSA where it's, uh, a temporary or Medicaid mm-hmm. where it's a temporary thing that something can help you. It, so, I mean, we're talking you know about what? this. I want to make sure everybody knows you. Yes.
1: Well, you know, um, Last year, I was actually on a show called Opportunity Knocks uh, through PBS, and we're actually getting a second season this year. And what I love about Opportunity Knocks is it really reminds people that when you are in some type of financial hardship that you don't have to do it alone. Like one of the biggest things that I learned from that season is that I was so embarrassed to ask for help i was so used to being the one that everyone else came to i was so used to growing up with that figure it out mentality yes. that i didn't know what i didn't know i didn't know where i could go because i wasn't being vulnerable or transparent with people many people who knew that we moved from california to louisiana literally just thought that we moved nicely when really we like were fleeing mm-hmm. you know one of the worst mm-hmm. seasons of our lives you know what i mean mm-hmm. and What I would tell people now, no matter what the scenario is, is just to know that there there is support. And I know it always feels like no one knows, no one else understands, or who can I go to? But Opportunity Knox, for example, has what we call an opportunity finder. And anywhere in the U.S. you can use this. The opportunity finder is at OpportunityKnox.org. And It's like a portal where people can like check off what their challenge is and get nonprofit or CDFI community development financial institution support Mm -hmm. in their backyard. Because oftentimes there are resources, but when we don't know, we don't Mm -hmm. know.
0: Exactly. And you'll go to someone that you assume they know, such as your the receptionist at your doctor's Mm -hmm. office, and she Mm -hmm. says no. And -hmm. you go, okay, I guess I can't do this. Or when my health insurance payment went got forwarded to the wrong address and so we were late paying it and the company was like listen I can I said let me talk to a manager you know my husband was a businessman he goes escalate this to a manager and the guy is telling me listen I can tell you right now we're not going to reinstate your health insurance but they got the manager on the phone we were able to prove that it had gotten misrouted I was able to keep my insurance so do not take no for an answer you may be talking to somebody who says they know what they're talking about, but they don't.
1: Yeah, keep going. Yeah.
0: Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Even attorneys, if you have to talk to the first attorney you talk to, talk to another one and talk to one after that until somebody can help you. So I'm so glad we're uh, able to share this. And clearly you've bounced back. You've made a lot mm-hmm. of amazing changes in your life. Um, you are also in another season of transition that I think is really valuable to share Mm -hmm. with my audience because most of my clientele are powerful dynamite women they are powerful dynamite women high earners high achievers and they have difficulty in relationships uh I think partly because we are go-getters and Mm -hmm. we're in that lady boss mode it doesn't translate into the relationship Mm -hmm. and I believe it can cause a lot of, you know, tension or the man feels emasculated. He doesn't feel like he's on the same tier or level you Mm -hmm. are, especially if you out earn him. Mm -hmm. Um, I will tell you even worse than out earning is being like neck and neck.
1: Mm -hmm. Really?
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's a tough one for a lot of relationships. Um, But, but anyway, do you want to share with us a little bit about this next challenge? Because we started talking about it. But this next phase that you're in, because it's also challenging, you're going through some tough times, and I know you're going to get it.
1: Yeah, so it's interesting. I, I actually learned of you originally because of a friend that that, that listens to you and uh, has taken your programs and courses and everything. So well before we actually connected on Instagram, I was already, I am one of your people. So I know exactly what you're saying and I've learned a great deal actually. Um, So I was married for 15 years and together for 18 and a half, almost 19 years. We've known each other for about 21, 22 years. So half my life pretty much with the same fella. And um, in 2021, when I turned 40, I hired a new life coach. And one of the exercises that she gave me was make a willing to lose list. And she said, what, who could you become? This is how she phrased it. Mm -hmm. But what would you need to lose in order to become all that you believe God has called you to be? And the very first thought that I had was my husband and I shook it away. It was the very first thought. First thing that popped in my head as soon as she described the exercise and I shook it away because that wouldn't be appropriate. Right. Um, Good Christian. And so I proceeded to write down a list of things. I live by the pillars that I teach from at Redefining Wealth. And so I just kind of went through each pillar and did a quick inventory. And I was like, you know, just going through listing things. Oh, if I lost this, if I switched therapists, if I, you know, Oh, hired a nutritionist or you know or mm-hmm. or you know lost this this way of being or this this behavior or something and I went through and my birthday's in March by September I had literally cleared through the list and my spirit said again but you left off
0: with, really? with the
1: real mm-hmm. I knew okay. it um I had known it for some time but I was still romanticizing reality is what I call it I was still holding on to the dream That began when I was 22 years old, and at 40, it was like that. That that's not really serving you. Like Mm -hmm. that's not what you desired at 22 years old. Is not Mm -hmm. what you want at 40 years old. Mm -hmm. And I had been sharing, and you know, let's talk about this. Let's do this. There was no arguing. There was no bickering. It was not like Mm -hmm. a whole big bad thing. It just did not feel right in my spirit, and I couldn't ignore it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the more I really focused on my own self-love journey there was just certain behavior that just became intolerable and Mm -hmm. I was fighting against my spirit like to keep it going Mm -hmm. um yeah and so but I do realize that as the breadwinner by far um there were a lot of things that came with that not and not because I was uh throwing it in his face or being I don't really consider myself boss lady type of vibe. I'm not a person, you know, I'm not like, oh, I could do it without a man and all this. That's not my energy (laughs) at all. Like I I love men. Like, and I would definitely, I can't wait to be partnered again. I can wait, but you know what I'm saying? I look forward Mm -hmm. to partnership. But yeah, there was just a lot that came with that season. I ended up separating Mm -hmm. late 2021 and divorcing last year. And now, you know, I just sold my house. Uh, A few weeks ago, I closed And coming to the realization that I would need to release the house, and it wasn't because of the finances, it was because Mm -hmm. of spirit. It was a spiritual, energetic,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: mental decision to clear that clutter associated with this beautiful home, you know? I I mean, it was beautiful, and I had designed this beautiful kitchen and office space and all the things. And I was doing a meditation one morning, Adrian, and it said... I let nothing bind me. I let nothing hold me. Mm-hmm. I let nothing enslave me. Mm-hmm. And I let nothing control me. And my spirit said, you're being controlled by wanting to keep this house. Interesting. And I was like, I am like, I, I am. There's no reason for my daughter and I to have a the home that big, you know, it just, it wasn't even necessary. Yeah. And I made the decision to sell and I just declared that it would move effortlessly. And literally in two and a half days, I had 51 showings and 13 offers and my wow. home closed in 20, like 22 days. Wow. And, but that, and that was powerful and also exhausting.
0: Sure. Cause then you have to begin that process of moving out and making all that stuff happen. And there's an emotional process you're going through when you're selling a house. I have to tell you, um, you have some wonderful coping skills inside (laughs) of you when it comes to, because you've made it and you're, you know, you're shining like a diamond and you have a way I can hear it inside of you of making peace with whatever you've gone through. How do we get through these tough times, whether it be at divorce, selling house, having to hurry up and pack everything up to meet the deadline Mm -hmm. and still be, you know, a powerful dynamite woman and feel that connection to your feminine energy. How does that work for you?
1: You know, for me, I really connect everything back to the pillars. I really say that the pillars are my way of processing, like using the pillars is how I process life. Uh
0: you tired of feeling misunderstood, ignored, or frustrated by the men in your life? Do you wish you knew how to communicate with them in a way that makes them listen, respect, and adore you? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to check out my ebook, 500 Ways to Talk to a Man. This ebook is a comprehensive guide to help you master the art of feminine communication and get what you want from any man in an authentic, warm, loving, caring way. Whether you're single, dating, or in a relationship, this ebook teaches you how to express your feelings, needs, and desires in a way that makes him want to please you and commit to you. You'll learn how to avoid common mistakes that push men away, how to use your voice and body language to attract and keep attention, and how to handle conflict and disagreements without losing his respect, and much, much more. Plus, you'll get access to my two-day video class that teaches you a lot of body postures and poses that you can use in a lot of different situations so you'll never run out of the right words to say. 500 Ways to Talk to a Man is the ultimate resource for any woman who wants to improve her communication skills and create a deeper connection with the man in her life. Don't miss this opportunity to transform your love life and get my ebook today go to www.everheartcoaching.com and get your copy. The link is below in the description.
1: And so, for example, the very first pillar is fit. It is about becoming your best self. I realized that taking care of myself physically is like baseline. Once I start letting everything else consume my calendar and I'm not making time to work out or to eat nutritiously, um, making time for my therapy appointments, all those things. I believe that if we have a vision for our lives, we have a duty and responsibility to protect the vessel. And to me, we say like, oh, you know, um, what, what's the cliche, like your health is wealth or whatever. We say that, but then people don't really honor that, (laughs) you know, um, So nourishing myself, making sure I'm getting rest, like all of these things really do support me in navigating all the things. Because I realize that when I'm malnourished or when I'm tired, I make poor choices. Mm -hmm. This is what it is. Like you, I make very (laughs) snap decisions, very rushed decisions. Right. Okay. Because I'm not, I'm not grounded. So to me, that's where everything starts. And I know when I'm off. and 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 i'm human right so i can look up like i was just telling my therapist this morning the two weeks leading up to the big move when i look back at my fitness app i'm like in my mind i thought i was working out and doing my normal thing i was only going two times a week well i normally work out five times a week and i have been moving so much because of trying to clear everything out of this huge house that it didn't even dawn on me that i had not been taking that time for me and mm. that is a huge, you know, working out can be a huge antidepressant, like oh, study yeah. show.
0: Yes. And so absolutely. here I am
1: in this big transition, not doing the thing that I would normally do. And I felt it. I am like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. off. Like <laughs> oh, of, I am off. So so that's, you know, one way I would say um the next in redefining wealth our pillars is people. People is about creating relationships that matter. Um for me in this season. In any season where I'm navigating a, not, a, a lot, you know, it's leaning into that personal advisory board. And for me, that's made up of like a prayer partner, like an accountability partner and just really good friends where I don't have to be Patrice the money maven. I don't have to be right. Patrice from redefining. Wealth. I yeah. can be Patrice that ugly cries. Right. Yeah. Like no lashes, no blush, yeah. no nothing. Yeah. But I can ugly cry and be honest about how I'm really feeling. I definitely believe that greatness is not created in isolation. And sometimes Mm -hmm. when we're going through heavy seasons, it's tempting to suffer in silence. It's tempting, especially when people know you as the boss chick, or they know you as the person who makes things happen. I'm not, I'm not in a season anymore in my life where I'm trying to keep up that facade. That's right. That's
0: right. That's amazing. And for anyone who you're, you're not familiar with the pillars. The pillars are, they're, they're just different segments, different protocols. It's all available on your website. Mm -hmm. You can go check this out and read more, uh, because there is a lot more, you have wonderful books. Um, and so it's, it's fitness people, uh, space, space,
1: space, Mm -hmm. work and
0: And money. money. (laughs) Yeah. Money is less.
1: I believe money, money, you naturally start to do all the things you've already learned to do with money. When you clear the clutter that is blocking you in the first five mm-hmm. pillars. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. So Now you have the freedom to do it. Like what, like when you're cluttered, you can hear it, but you don't have the freedom or the flexibility or power to do it because you're so distracted by all the other things.
0: Yes, yes. I saw a post recently that said that clutter was a symptom of PTSD or neglect or some sort of mm-hmm. psychological hardship that yeah. you're going through. Um, I'm shocked sometimes to just when I'm walking in a parking lot, I walk past someone's car and I'm like, how can they have that much stuff in their car? And I'm not talking about someone who's living out of their car. I'm talking just, this is your vehicle. And just let that decluttering process start somewhere in your life. So if my audience today were to take one pillar and just Uh decide to investigate more or implement it into their own life what what would you suggest what would be your favorite pillar to to share
1: oh my gosh i feel like they're all my favorite <laughs> honestly <laughs> sure. everything is a favorite well i will say at patricewashington.com you can take the redefining wealth quiz and in less than 2 minutes you'll figure out which pillar you should particularly start with okay um for me i'm going to say the faith pillar and it's not so much about what you say you believe in because our audience is very diverse but i do believe that um the purpose in religion is to really prepare you to be resilient. Like if you have something that you can lean into and believe in Mm -hmm. when things get hard, um, it's better to know what you believe believe and have a practice for how you're going to navigate through things and not have anything at all. And then just let life consume you. And so we believe that nothing is happening to us. It's happening for us. And if you sit with that, whatever spiritual practices, you know, your particular religion dictates, it's not about saying that you believe it, but then not creating time to do it. Like we have to make it a part of our lives. Yeah. Um, And I think that's been the greatest source of my resilience through all of the things I love
0: it I love it because faith uh it really does build the bigger picture from your mindset to to caring for your body to realizing money isn't evil you can do good things with money money allows you freedom to do amazing things
1: mm-hmm.
0: so definitely check out uh, the quiz it's an online quiz you can take you can find out which pillar you know you need the most help with or which one you should start investing with and I love your website you have so many amazing photos and just testimonials a lot of wisdom that women can you know use immediately in their life yeah. not just not just the why but but how to do mm-hmm. this i'm going to tell you something i hear from a lot of women not too many but once in a while and that is adrian i watch your free videos i listen to your free podcast i do not have the money to buy a program Or they'll tell me they don't have money to invest in like something else that's going to help them get to the next step. So a lot of women are feeling that in life. They're like, there there might be something higher's calling. They know there's something else for them, but they isolate Mm -hmm. what you're talking about, or or they make an excuse. Tell us a little bit about that Mm -hmm. mindset and what women can do to get themselves into that new energy, that new energetic place.
1: Well, first of all, we have to call it what it is. It's a scarcity mindset, and to think that investing in you is not worth it, like you you have to sit with that and really examine that because the reality is, especially for women as nurturers who are naturally more nurturing, whether you're a mother or not, if your child or if someone you love came to you and said, this thing um, may change my life, life is gonna change my life. I really wanna do this thing. Somehow we would figure out how to make it happen. And then when it comes to us, we put it off, we make excuses, we rationalize, ration out lies, and create stories about why we cannot invest in ourselves. I know that I'm only here because of the investments that I've made in myself, both personally and professionally. And, you know, that really started many years ago, but with a decision to choose me. Like, when when do we choose us? And many of us will only choose what we believe will develop us professionally. But something that I've learned is our business and our career is only gonna grow to the extent we're willing to heal. And some of us have healing to do in our relationships, Like, right, the desire to be partnered and to really have deep, true intimacy and be loved well and also be able to love another, that requires personal development, that requires a more personal development track. And it's not enough to say, well, if it's going to help me make more money, then I'll invest in it. That's Money is, I mean, wealth is bigger than money and material possessions. The original definition of wealth is the condition of well-being. And so we need to be well in our relationships. We want to be well in our mental and physical fitness. We want to be well in our space. When those things come together then we're able to pursue and attract the money that we that we desire the financial stuff but like you i i always say give god something to bless it's not enough to sit on the sidelines and pray and say oh well i hope that this thing comes along and it's not enough to try to piece together free stuff if you're getting great value from the free stuff can you imagine how your life would change Mm -hmm. if you actually got behind the black curtain like if you were able to actually get under the hood and And accelerate your success. I, I think sometimes we leave ourselves spiraling in these cycles of confusion, not because we don't have the money, but because we haven't decided to put ourselves first
0: you you know, you made so many good points in that because I've done that with myself, where I felt like i I would invest in my clothes, I would invest in my food. I would invest in my health and my training, my my thirty dollars shampoo. I couldn't go spend something on something else. Mm -hmm. That meant my relationship. And one of the first things I really wanted to impress upon my audience was, if you think your career is going to be going well, wait till you get into a good relationship. Everything Mm. is better. Food tastes better. You know, you are, you make money easier when your relationship is healthy. And that's the relationship with a man, relationship with yourself, relationship with God, uh, your friends, your family, all of those relationships improve there is a saying, how you do one things, how you do everything. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure it's completely true, but I think that there's a lot of that, how I'm caring for myself over here. And that's why I love your pillars because how I'm caring for myself here. Am I also caring for myself over here? Mm-hmm.
1: Am I going to
0: the gym as much as I'm spending time in prayer or, you know, mm-hmm. in space or whatever it may be. So it's some really good balancing that women need to do. And within all of those is like a feminine and masculine energy trait you can get in alignment with that so we're about out of time um i wanted to ask you one last question and of course Mm -hmm. anything else you want to share with my audience what is your favorite way to align with your feminine energy do you have a favorite thing that really grounds you and you just feel like a girl you feel connected to your feminine energy dancing oh dancing yeah
1: dancing in the mirror mostly naked (laughs) Just like, uh, I've been learning over the last few years to really embrace and love my body, um, Mm -hmm. even more because it's a different body than the one that I embodied for many years. Like, it you know, I turned 37, 38, and then all of a sudden I got this grown woman body, it just looks different (laughs) than what I was uh, used to. And I just literally like loving on my body, like, and, and just being able to dance in the mirror and just appreciate my curves you got a
0: nelly soundtrack going through my head yeah. right now.
1: <laughs> you know like that that has been really good and like looking myself in the eyes and just like yeah. affirming myself yeah. and, and telling myself you are beautiful like god oh made no mistakes on you yeah. all, like all those things that feels really good
0: how many times a week do you dance in front of the mirror
1: probably three to four
0: three to four that's good don't ever stop doing that. I think that dancing in front of the mirror, having that little time alone to be a girl. And, and I think that that is the secret to youth. I really do. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that with everyone. That's beautiful. <laughs> You'll have to share a playlist sometime. Well, we'd like to know. <laughs> oh, I've got them. <laughs> <laughs> anything else you wanna share with my audience? I've got all your links below, uh, how to take the quiz, but anything else that you would like to share with my women? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, what what just is in my spirit is just about um allowing yourself in this season to be radically honest about what's working and what's not I really believe it's not until we become radically honest which i think many of us avoid because we know that honesty is going to require us to change or do something different but that's the key to freedom is just to be radically honest about where you are what you want what you desire what you see for yourself and then allow yourself to dream a new dream it's okay when dreams, you know, have run their course because dreaming is free. Just yeah. dream again.
0: I love it. I love it just because a dream dies or maybe you don't feel the same. You don't, you're not committed. You have not signed a contract to that dream. Yeah. You can change your dreams, have a different dream. Beautiful, wise yeah. word from Patrice. Thank you so much for being on my show today. I hope um, to have you back. Uh, thanks for one. having me.